9 of Deuteronomy 7 that we really need to, to take home to our hearts. Therefore know, verse 9 of Deuteronomy 7, Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those that love Him and keep His commandments. Notice what it says. Our God is a faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. We may look at that and think, okay, but in understanding covenants that God gives are are something that cannot be broken. He keeps his word. There's a major difference, and we're not going to go into it, but a major difference between contracts and covenants. Covenants were not intended to be broken. Contracts can be broken. But there are, we want to look tonight at some of the covenants that God has made, and basically there are two kinds of covenants. There is an unconditional covenant, And when God makes these, they are made with no strings attached. They will be kept regardless of the response of an individual or a people's group. And um, these promises are made and fulfilled regardless of all other factors. Then there are uh, there are. First of all, unconditional. Then there are conditional covenants that are based on certain obligations and prerequisites. We looked briefly this morning in Deuteronomy 28 when he said, If you obey my voice, I will do this, 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 and this. If you do not obey my voice, I will put these curses upon you. In Deuteronomy, if you haven't read it yet, make sure that you read Deuteronomy 28, at least that, by Wednesday night when you come back. I trust you'll read the whole book of Deuteronomy. But those are conditional things that he puts on in Deuteronomy 28. Now, tonight I want to just give you an, an overview of some of the covenants that God has given and and then we want to see the application in our life. In, in the book of Genesis, we find the Adamic covenant, or some call it the Edenic covenant, either from Adam or with the Garden of Eden. This is a covenant that is general in nature. It is conditional because it indicated the command to not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and pronounced a curse for sin and spoke in that curse, spoke of the future redemption provision for man through Jesus Christ. But it was a covenant. Do not eat of this. If you eat of this, this is what will happen. So that's one that's already complete, a general covenant. 
Another covenant in the book of Genesis is the Noahic covenant. It is a general covenant made between God and Noah following the departure of Noah and his families and the animals from the ark. Um, It is unconditional. There's no strings attached to this one. And you're very familiar with this one. God reminds us of it often when we see a rainbow in the sky. And it's a reminder to us of a covenant that he said in Genesis 9-11, I will make a covenant with you that I will never again flood the earth and destroy all the flesh And it also is a covenant that there'll be the four seasons, and it's the Noahic covenant. It's a covenant that is completed. It keeps going on, but it is a covenant that he reminds us of. Then there is the Abrahamic covenant. It is a promise made to Abraham and his seed in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. And when we looked in Genesis, we looked at this briefly. But um, this promised God's blessings upon Abraham. He called him from Ur of the Chaldees. And he said that he would make his name to be great. That he would uh, make of his family a great nation. And in this covenant, he promised to bless those that blessed Abraham, and he promised to curse those who cursed him. He also went on and said that the whole earth would be blessed through Abraham's seed. And um, needless to say, this is the creation of the nation of Israel And the worldwide blessing came through Jesus Christ, who was of Abraham's line. There are also secondary blessings that the nation Israel has blessed the world. You would be amazed how many inventions. Overwhelmingly, Israel leads the world in in inventions. And um, much of our technology has got its start. We think we're the technological geniuses. Much of it came from Israel and still continues to. But this covenant is very, very important because it dictates human history. It dictates the news. And thankfully right now we have some leaders in our land that understand it still is a wise thing to bless Israel. And it always will be a wise thing to bless Israel. And those that curse it will be judged. And Israel has been there, the apple of God's eye. Even, even in their unbelief, God brings judgment. We'll be going into that in, in future days as we get into Joshua and Judges and some of the books that we'll be looking at. But, um, this is a this is a very very important covenant that is still true today. There is a Palestinian covenant and I don't want you to confuse this with the Palestinian people. This is an unconditional 
covenant that God gave that regards the Palestinian land. And God's promise that he would scatter Israel if they disobeyed him, and he also promised that he would restore them at a later time. This covenant has been fulfilled twice. Babylon captivity and the subsequent following it, the rebuilding of Jerusalem under Cyrus. All this is historical facts. And then the destruction again of Jerusalem in 70 A.D., followed by in 1948. Now we're talking, you know, we're at 70 A.D., and then we're up here 1948. I know to some of you younger people that seems like a long time ago. And really seems like a long time ago when I say it was before I was even born. Some of you think, wow, that's in the dark ages. But the reality is, in 1948, God re, the, the, the bud of Israel was blooming again. He brought back after they had been scattered all over the world. And they are still coming back to Israel. And he promised that he would give them the land, and it's a covenant that he will keep. In the book of Deuteronomy, we find the Mosaic Covenant. It is found in Deuteronomy 11, also in Deuteronomy 28. But this is a conditional covenant. And it promised the Israelites a blessing for obedience and a curse for disobedience. And much of what you're going to read in the rest of the Old Testament is a chronicle of the fulfillment of this cycle of disobedience, judgment, repentance, walking with God, blessing disobedience, judgment, repentance, walking with God, blessing. And and you're going to see that cycle over and over again. And um, God, this is a covenant that he made with them. That if you walk with me, I will bless you. And if you turn your back on me, I will curse you. It's specifically given to Israel. And, um, and it will bear out throughout the rest of history. The sixth covenant is the Davidic covenant. It is the promise to bless David's family line and assured that someone of David's line would reign in the everlasting kingdom. Jesus is of the line of David, and he will reign everlastingly in God's kingdom, and he is the fulfillment. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of that covenant. Then we have the last covenant that we're going to mention tonight is the new covenant. Um, Last week or the week before, we celebrated the Lord's Supper. And he says in that, this is a new covenant in my name. It's along the whole line of these others. This is a promise I am making you. As often as you drink this blood, in re- this, this 
as representative of my blood in, in remembrance of me, as oft as ye do it in remembrance of me. It is a reminder to us of this covenant that Jesus Christ said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a covenant that God has made with us. How do you know that you have everlasting life? I have turned from my sins and called upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. And God is a God that keeps his word. And he has given me his spirit that bears witness with my spirit. Were it not for the fact that as we read, he is a God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy to a thousand generations, we would have no hope. So let me just quickly, and I know that was a, a maybe from 40,000 feet overview of the covenants, but I want us to bring it down and see what it means in our lives. Number one, God's covenants bring security. Several years ago in in our neighborhood Bible time, one of the things that we reiterated was God said it, that I believe it, that settles it. But you know what? You can take the, the middle phrase out of it. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Whether I believe it or not, God said it, and this is a covenant, this is a promise of God, and there is security in knowing that. Honestly, you have no security in anything anyone else tells you. There's nothing that compares to the security that we have that he says, God is a faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy. We, we, ought, to, we ought to say, praise the Lord. I need mercy and praise the Lord that he, he didn't say, I am done with Israel, never to pick them up again. He is not done with Israel. If he is, he is a liar and he can't be trusted because there are many promises to Israel that have not been fulfilled. So it ought to bring security. It ought to build our faith. Can I trust God? Absolutely we can trust God. I mean, look at, uh, this is just a, a, the tip of the iceberg, but look at these are covenants that he says he will keep for all ages. And look at all the promises of God and every promise we sang tonight, standing on the promises or stand up, stand up for Jesus. I knew it was standing something, but you can't stand up for Jesus if you're not standing on the promises. I mean, if we don't know, is he going to fulfill this? The reality is, this isn't the President of the United States we're talking about that has to work with Congress and establishment and everything. This is God, and he controls the House, the Senate. He controls the judicial. He is the authority, period. And that ought to build our faith. And thirdly, it ought to give us hope. Man, God promised that the day is going to come, for example, build our hope, that Jesus is going to reign. Whoo, baby, what is that going to be like? Amen? 
I can't wait to hear the news reporting on that raining. But the reality is, that's the blessed hope. The, the reality is, I mean, everybody's coming in on Israel. God's going to take care of Israel. They're, they will be protected. God will fulfill every promise he has made to Israel. But more importantly, to us here today, not Israel, we are the branch brought in to the vine. And he says that he will give to us everlasting life. That gives hope. This world is not our home. The darkness, the oppressiveness, we have hope. It also then, these covenants teach us responsibility. There are certain things that are conditional. If you do this, I will do this. That puts a responsibility on us. That gives personal responsibility. If you seek me with your heart, you will find me. If you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. That's a personal responsibility that we have. And you can count on it. If God says, if you draw near to me, I can count on it. God, I am drawing near to you. I am coming in my feebleness and frailness, and and I'm faltering even as I'm coming. But God, I need you to draw near to me. And as believers, we have the responsibility by the power of the Spirit, to move toward God. God's covenants also establish our worldview. Do you understand, knowing God's covenant changes how we look at the world today. There are many in believing circles that believe Israel doesn't matter today and that they ought to be wiped out. You would be amazed how many believe that because they believe God has divorced Israel. He's done with it. The church is now Israel. It's called covenant theology. Just because we believe in the covenants of God doesn't mean that we believe in covenant theology. And we don't have time to go into that tonight. But how we view the world. Do we bless Israel or do we curse Israel? Well, do you want God's blessing or do you want God's judgment? How we view what is going on. It determines how you view the things to come. And lastly, God's covenants... Glorify God. Everything that God does will ultimately glorify God. So he promised to Abraham, Abraham. And and you look at the people that that are in the Abrahamic line. I mean, there are some real scoundrels in there that we would call scoundrels. But it's a testimony to us that there's room at the cross for us. We're scoundrels. And God takes imperfect, broken people, and he 
uses them in the line of his blessing to fulfill his covenant for his glory. And when everything is said and done, every covenant that God has made will be fulfilled exactly as he promised. And every prophecy that God has given will be fulfilled And we will stand back in awe and say, glory to God, you are the greatest. And it all will be glory to God. I mean, you go back through these covenants, every time we see a rainbow, it ought to make us say, thank you, God, that you are still in control. And so when... God told Moses to tell the people, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and loving kindness or mercy to a thousand generations. God will be faithful to you. God will be merciful to you. He's a covenant-keeping God, and that ought to make our hearts rest in peace. It ought to give us hope. It ought to build our faith. It may look like things are falling all to pieces, but wait a minute. God's in control. I can trust him, and it ought to teach us to take personal responsibility so that we would glorify God. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that you are a merciful God and the God who keeps his covenants, that keeps his promise. Lord, we read in Peter that you are not slack concerning your promises, but are long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish. Lord, I pray that we would rest in your faithfulness. I pray that our, our faith would be strengthened, that we wouldn't walk around in, in doom and gloom, but, Lord, that we'd realize you are in control and that we have a blessed hope. And, Lord, I pray that every one of our thoughts, our words, our attitudes and actions would be to the praise of your glory. Lord, thank you that you are one God, a faithful God, a God of loving kindness who keeps his covenants. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Rejoice.